Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey ladies, welcome back to the show this week. I'm excited that you are here. We're going to be talking about, as the title indicates, we're going to be talking about forgiveness and when forgiveness really feels hard and we don't want to forgive. We don't We don't have the desire, the feelings aren't there, and everything on the inside of us just really does not want to forgive what has been done to us. And so we're going to dive into that uh, this week. But I wanted to let you know, if you were not aware, that I recently wrote, and it's been just released this month here in April, my newest devotional called Bold and Daring Faith. It's a 50-day women's devotional that is going to help you reach higher in your faith by taking an up-close look at women of the Bible and specific pieces of your identity in Christ. You will be spurred on to reach higher in your faith, believe God for a breakthrough in your life, and flip narratives that are not serving his best in your life. Again, it's newly released. It's available on Amazon. Soon it will be available at Barnes and Noble, their online website, and then it will also be available on my website. So grab yourself a copy on Amazon, Bold and Daring Faith, 50-day women's devotional. Grab a copy for your friend, your mom, the lady at the grocery store. Let's help one another, right? I have some, just a little bit of information about some upcoming episodes that you will want to make sure you come back for in the upcoming weeks. We're going to be talking about identity. I've been asked a lot of questions. I've been interviewed a lot lately about identity. I mean, from just different podcast shows to um, I had an interview for um, a television show a few weeks ago, which was completely new for me. And uh, I'm just thinking about all of the people that are going to be tuning into that because, I mean, you know, we have people that are both believers and non-believers probably tuning into that television show, but there's been so many people reaching out and asking me to speak on the topic of identity. And so I thought, well, why not just do an episode here as well? And then I'm going to be doing an episode on just knowing who is around you and that your relationships, those people that are allowed to have an up-close seat to your life and speak into your life, those people matter and you need to be wise in selecting who those voices are and who has an up-close seat uh, into your life. And then I'm also going to be doing an episode on fulfilling God's plan for your life. So this week we're going to be talking about forgiveness and when it's hard, then make sure that you come back for those upcoming episodes because I really think that they're going to be life-giving and spur you on in in your faith and in the things that God has for you. All right. So you know, I I love uh, I love Peter. Uh, you know, he was one of the twelve disciples of Jesus. You can you know read about him in 
in the New Testament. Uh, I would say that out of the 12 disciples, he is the one that I relate to the most. I actually wrote a book that that just really highlights so many, so many of the different pieces of Peter's character and just even his character development. He had these really epic failures and, you know, had a lot of regret and shame and then how Jesus restored him. And, you know, he became this incredible leader in the early church. You can grab that book also on my website, Amazon. It's called She Moves On, Rising from Regret. And so I I really just like the story of Peter. But in Matthew's gospel, chapter 18 verse 21 Peter you know he comes to Jesus and he asks him this question that I I feel like so many of us can we can resonate with I know that I can he says this he says Lord how many times should I forgive someone who sins against me seven times <laughs> and I I love that because you know, it's like he already has the answer to his question, right? I mean, he's he asked the question and then, you know, without even giving Jesus an opportunity to answer, you know, he says seven times. I mean, clearly, you know, he's thinking in his mind, wow, I mean, that is a really generous amount, seven times. I mean, uh, you know, some people would say, you know, three times, some people would maybe even, you know, go a little bit farther and say five. But I think that seven is such a generous amount to extend forgiveness to someone. What do you say, Jesus? Don't you think that, I mean, come on, seven, seven is really, that is a generous number, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I mean, wow. And then Jesus answers and he says, I say unto you 70 times 7. 70 times 7. Okay, so then I would even say, you know, so immediately, and I don't know, you know, Peter maybe thinking this, but for me personally, I'm just going to be honest. And so then in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, okay, so you're saying like 490 times because, you know, 7 times 70, <laughs> right? So, wow, that's like, a lot more than seven times that Peter suggested, 490 times, but okay, somehow I'll keep track of that. You know, I'll make tally marks. And, you know, when I see that I'm getting closer to 490, then I'll know that I've, you know, reached the the standard that you've given Jesus. And then I no longer have to extend forgiveness to that person that keeps that keeps offending me, that keeps hurting me. But that wasn't what Jesus was saying. He wasn't saying, keep a tally, you know, keep an account of the wrongs. And then once that person reaches 490, you are, you know, you are removed from being held accountable to extending forgiveness. What he is saying is extending forgiveness is an ongoing lifelong thing that we are required to do because of our relationship with Jesus. You know, he he continually extends forgiveness to you and to me and he certainly has extended forgiveness to me well beyond 490 times. I mean, I long passed that. So <laughs> I passed that number up, you know, a long long time ago and yet he continues to extend forgiveness to me. And so that is what he is saying. He's saying, 
follow my example and I'm going to help you to be able to extend forgiveness because I understand that you can't do this in and of yourself. And I don't know about you. I am so grateful that he knows our frame. He knows our weakness. He knows our human nature. He knows our tendency to want to withhold forgiveness and to dig our heels in and to and to say, I don't want to. I don't think that they deserve it. And I think that it's unfair that you are that you are asking me to extend forgiveness to this person. And I just I don't feel like I should have to. Before we move into the the remainder of our time here together this week, I do want to say that sometimes people hurt us without even knowing it. In other words, it was it was unintentional. I think that it's important to remember that because we're imperfect people living in a very imperfect world. It's a part of living in a fallen world. It's a part of being in relationship with with people that you know they're imperfect and they have flaws and they have bad days and people have moods and people you know we we catch them on a bad day or they're you know going through something really difficult and some of those things that they're feeling sort of come to surface and sometimes we get that kind of bad side or bad day and, and so we do have to extend grace because sometimes sometimes you know people are kind of sharp in their responses or they're they're just not really their best selves, and so that's what we are uh, experiencing. And so sometimes I think that it's really important for us to remember that oftentimes people people say things, people offend us, people are hurtful, and it's done unintentionally without even knowing it. And so it's really important to to bear that in mind. But I want to talk this week about extending forgiveness to people that have hurt us and they don't offer an apology. That's what I want to talk about this week when forgiveness is hard. I've been thinking about a situation really not all that many years ago, maybe, oh, I don't know, three or four years ago where something happened that was really deeply hurtful to me. It was something that was mainly projected toward me. I mean, it was toward Tim too, but really kind of the onslaught of it was directed toward me. And it it was incredibly painful. It it really deeply affected me. It created a lot of just deep-seated wounds on the inside of me. And I feel like I I grieved silently, but I think that in many ways it sort of spilled out in into other relationships that that I had in my life because I was so deeply wounded and I wow I mean it, it just was like kind of spilling out and I'm not happy I'm not you know super thrilled about that to have to admit that and that that happened but it was just so deeply wounding to me and I as much as I tried I think that I was just so hurt Anyway, still to this day, I have never received an apology from from those people. Nobody has has reached out to me to apologize. Nobody has written me a letter or even sent me a text message and, you know, to apologize or even given a hint that that they recognize 
that something had happened. Something was said and I don't know what happened here, but I just want to say I'm sorry. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know why this, why this relationship is fractured. I don't know why that there's been a breakdown in communication, but I just want to apologize to you for whatever I did to contribute to that breakdown in communication, this fractured relationship and whatever has happened here. I've never, I've never heard from these people in that way. And don't you wish, or maybe it's my own sad story, but I don't think it is, um, that Jesus gave us a way out of, of his answer to Peter in, you know, 70 times seven. Don't you wish that he would have gave us kind of a, kind of a, a clause, if you will, you know, kind of the fine print there that that kind of sounded like this. Forgive only if they apologize for you can forgive them. I'm telling you to forgive 70 times seven, but only if they apologize to you, only if they take ownership and take a, a responsibility and and come to you with an apology. Uh, am I the only one that wishes that he would have added that? <laughs> um, but he didn't. He didn't. And and often it makes our minds go tilt, 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 right? That you want me to extend forgiveness to people who have not apologized to me. Don't you know what they did? Don't you don't you know what they said? Aren't you aware of how they mistreated me? Didn't that matter to you? I thought that you were this God that is so loving and you 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 care about me and that you the, you know that you say that I matter to you and and you care about my heart and you love me and you're so tender toward me. Doesn't it matter to you what they did and how they mistreated me and how they hurt me? And 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 the real kicker, Jesus, I don't even get to tell my side that I I don't get to I don't get to share what they did and all of these people they don't get to know how how they mistreated me and what they did and what they said really wow okay you know it's human nature isn't it to want to defend ourselves and sort of spill the tea isn't it especially you know we see that um, we see that happen on social media where people will kind of go to the social media outlets and sort of begin to spill the tea. And I just want to say that social media is not the place to do that. I don't believe that that, that is the place to do that. I don't believe that it's God honoring. I definitely do not believe it would represent you well. It doesn't represent myself well. If I would do that, uh, it doesn't represent our faith well. It doesn't it, it doesn't help foster and bring about healing and forgiveness and reconciliation. And so if I can humbly encourage you with one thing, if you walk away with one thing this week, let it be that, that you would be reminded that God is your defender and that he has not called us to, you know, go to social media and, you know, spill all the tea and all the juicy details for the world to see, that he will defend you. You know, I'm thinking about 
I'm thinking about Isaiah 54 uh, and verse 17, where it says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you, that he will judge, that he will take care of that. And so I would encourage you to allow him to kind of step back a little bit and allow him room to be able to defend you. He will do it in the way that is good for you, that is beneficial for you, and that is honoring. And so I I just think that it's so important. It's so wise. And I think that until we until we can heal and we can get to a place where we can lead ourselves well in those specific platforms in a way that isn't, you know, just you know, letting it all hang out there. I think that the the wisest thing for us to do is to maybe kind of step away to, you know, kind of go off of social media for, um, for a few days, for a few weeks until we can show up in those various platforms without feeling like we want everybody to, you know, to, to hear all of the nitty gritty details, even though, man, I so get it. I so get it because my heart has been deeply hurt because in that situation that I'm referring to, I lost some really good friends. I lost some some really great friends, people that I enjoyed being friends with and people that I had hoped that I could do life with. They just simply stopped talking to me. They kind of walked out of my life. And, and I think that a lot of it is, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but outwardly it would really appear that, that they heard that one side and, 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 you know, that's kind of the way it was, but I don't know, maybe not, maybe, I don't know. I I can only speculate, but I just want to say that I get it. I understand that you that you maybe want to just air air it all out and you want to be your own defender. And um, I just want to encourage you that there's only one defender and his name is Jesus. And he fulfills that role really, really well. And he fulfills that role far greater than I ever could in defending myself. And he fulfills that role far greater than you ever could in um, in defending yourself. And I know that it's so hurtful when when people only hear one side of it and and people you know choose to not be friends with you and so i get that and i would just encourage you to bring that hurt to the lord and talk to him about it share your your honest and raw feelings and he will help you he will help you process through that and maybe there's some maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to be extended to those people too and and you know this is like a multifaceted topic here but nonetheless god is able to help you do what he is what he is telling you and need to do in extending forgiveness and it's his grace and his strength that will be able to help us help us to do that nelson mandela uh, speaking of his release from prison, was quoted as saying, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Wow. 
wow, in that one sentence holds the key to freedom, forgiveness. Wow. Isn't that incredible? I use that I use that quote in my latest book, Her Heart is Free. It's in the final chapter on forgiveness. And you can get that book anywhere, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and on my website too. But I just think that that is so, so powerful to understand that unforgiveness will keep you stuck in a prison. And you were never created to be stuck and living in a prison. It will affect your relationships with other people. And even more, it will affect your relationship with God. Not that he will, not that he will withhold his love from you or not that he will change his mind about you or, you know, change his, um, change his thoughts about you or anything like that. But I just think that it's kind of like this this relationship with the Lord that it's kind of like we want this free flowing vessel, you know, between between us and the Lord and and unforgiveness and bitterness, unresolved anger, those types of things. It's kind of like they become kind of like a clog, you know, um, sort of like a if you think about, you know, your artery, um, your, you know, your arteries in your heart, they can become clogged and narrowed, you know, as definitely as we age, but, you know, just from a, uh, an unhealthy diet and, you know, cholesterol and, and those types of things, um, they kind of, kind of clog up and stiffen the arteries and it makes it difficult for blood then to flow freely in the way that it was intended because the the artery is isn't as free flowing as it should be as it was designed to be well when we apply that spiritually speaking bitterness and unresolved anger and unforgiveness it clogs up our relationship and our communication with God and it just affects how how we hear him and how we respond to other people in our lives and and how we respond to situations because we're filtering it through pain we're filtering it through unresolved anger we're filtering it through you know unforgiveness and unresolved things that that are not that we have not been healed from and so god wants to set us free and oftentimes it is through the process of forgiveness and it is a process it is a process. I also want to encourage you that feelings buried alive, they really never die. They really never die. And we're fooling ourselves if we think that they will and that they're not going to going to affect us because they're just sort of lurking beneath the surface, if we if if you will. We deceive ourselves into thinking that somehow those who have hurt us are being punished because we are withholding forgiveness. Only they're not the ones that are being hurt. We are. We're the ones that are being held back. And when I think about, you know, just over the over the course of years and, and you know, we're talking about a situation from just really a, a few short years ago, my heart was full of unforgiveness toward those people. 
I was miserable and I felt ugly inside. And what those people did to me, what they said to me and and how they mistreated me consumed my thoughts and often kept me awake at night. When I heard their name in, in conversation or I had to be in the same room with them, my heart was gripped with really ugly emotions. And I remember wanting them, I, I just wanted them to suffer. I wanted them to know how badly they had hurt me. And I wanted everybody to know really why because that's what hurting people do. They want those that hurt them to feel the same measure of what it feels like to be in pain. Only it doesn't work that way. Living with unresolved anger and bitterness and forgiveness had spilled over into my relationships that I had with people that I I loved and I wanted close. And I, I think that anger is often confused with, you know, with hate. I, I think that anger is is actually a secondary emotion. In other words, it's it's an outward, it's an outward demonstration of a of an inward feeling, some things that are going on on the inside. And Ephesians 4 26 tells us, don't don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And that's the um, taken from the New Living Translation. Uh, and so I think that it's really important that we deal with these underlying, um, these underlying uh, feelings and, and emotions and these matters in our heart because, because otherwise they're going to keep us stuck. They're going to keep us imprisoned. And I, I say again, I know I just said it, but it's a process. And so I would encourage you to give yourself grace, but don't just sit don't just don't just sit in that prison of of unforgiveness and bitterness and hate and unresolved anger let him in let jesus in let your healer in tell him how you feel tell him how you feel be open be honest you know tell him how 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 it made you feel when they said whatever it is what that they said tell him and be honest with with uh with him and and sharing how it made you feel when they did that when they mistreated you but don't stop there but don't stop there. Take it that next step to say, I forgive him or her for, and then name it, put a name to it. When they said whatever, you know, and then name whatever it is that they said, when they did whatever it is that they did, take it that next step, tell him. And, and it isn't, here's the thing. He already knows. He already knows what they did. He already knows what they said. He already knows how they mistreated you. But for some reason, when we when we put a name to it and we and we put voice to it, it's like we are we are kind of putting it out there then. We're kind of exposing it then to the light, right? And so unforgiveness and unresolved anger and bitterness, when we try to hold on to that, there's like a darkness in there, you know, the crevices of our heart. But when we put voice to it in the presence of Jesus and we say, 
this really hurt me when they said this or when they did that or when they mistreated me this way, we're exposing it to the light. And when light comes in, the darkness can't handle that light. And that's where healing and forgiveness begins to begins to take place. I want to uh, I want to talk about really quick as I'm wrapping up this week's episode. I want to touch on the topic of reconciliation. Uh, I I think that wholeheartedly God's heart is for unity and reconciliation. Uh, we see that there's biblical support for that. Absolutely. But sometimes the relationship isn't healthy and you need to love people from afar. And I think that I would humbly encourage you to you know, pray about that and allow God to lead you in that decision making. That is between you and the Lord. You know, I I can't make that decision for you, but God knows, God knows if, if this is a healthy relationship with you and should you allow this person back into your life or do you, do you just love them from afar? You know, do you forgive them from afar? Do you extend forgiveness from afar? Uh, and sometimes, sometimes that's what that's what's needed. That's what's necessary because they have not changed. You maybe have changed. You maybe have worked through the process of forgiveness. You've you've dealt with the unresolved anger and the bitterness, but they haven't changed. They haven't changed their behavior. They haven't changed and grown and and demonstrated, you know, fruit. There isn't there isn't fruit in their lives that would tell you that they have changed. Well, sometimes then, you know, uh, we just need to love people from afar and they don't get to be people that are, you know, in that front row, have a front row seat in our lives. We, we keep them at a distance because, you know, you value yourself and, uh, you know, you, you know that you have worth and you have value and they just have not demonstrated the, the type of fruit in their lives that would show, that would, that would show you that they have matured and they have changed and, you know, their, their lives are different. And so allow God to lead you in that way because, he wants healthy people around you. He wants you to be surrounded by healthy community. And it's okay to distance ourselves from, from, from people that, that are only going to drag us back down into the, the place that we so desperately wanted to be free from, right? And when we're walking through this process of, of forgiveness and unresolved anger and bitterness, we don't want to be re-imprisoned, right? We don't want to be imprisoned for, um, to the things that Jesus has set us free from, right? We don't want to return to that, right? We don't want to go back. And like Nelson Mandela said, you know, I I know that that I would have just um, I would have remained in prison. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back there. And so, for me. I can love these people uh, from afar that that hurt me and mistreated me, and that I have not received an apology for. Um, I I can love them. I I believe in them. I believe the best for them. Uh, I believe that God loves them and and wants really great things for them. But the the relationship 
I right now, um, could it change in the future? Yeah. Uh, and I have hope for that, but right now there isn't fruit that would indicate that. And God, um, you know, through prayer, I just have not felt peace about that. And so I'm going to let peace lead me. And uh, I believe that, again, God has a heart for unity and reconciliation. And when he knows that the time is right, he will lead me in that way. And it will be this beautiful moment of of reconciliation and healing and, you know, and a uh, beautiful uh, relationship, maybe one day in the future. And um, I, I have hope for that. So um, allow, allow God to lead you that way. I also want to talk about real quick, the topic of apology, apology. I, I want to make sure that, that we communicate what an apology is and what it isn't. An apology is, is owning and taking responsibility for the offense. An apology is not about defending oneself, but seeing uh, how the, how their words and behavior hurt someone, right? So an apology, for example, like, you know, I've had people come to me and want to apologize for something, but it's, it turns into, you know, it's all about them. And here's why I felt like I needed to say that. Here's why I felt like I needed to do that. Or here's why I felt like, and so it's kind of like justifying their behavior instead of saying, I recognize that what I said was hurtful. I recognize that when I acted that way, that that was maybe hurtful to you. And I just want to apologize and ask you to forgive me. That is what I think repentance and apology uh, sounds like. I mean, think about it. When we go to the Lord in, in repentance and seeking forgiveness from him, we are apologizing uh, essentially for our behavior, for um, something that we did. And, and we, we, don't, we don't justify our behavior, right? We don't justify how we acted or how we mistreated someone or how we maybe offended the heart of God. We come to him and we take responsibility for for that action or for those words and that behavior. And, and we say, God, I'm sorry I did. Would you please forgive me? And I think that that is what a true apology sounds like. And that is what a true apology looks like. And so, you know, even... Even when you go to someone and and you're extending an apology to someone, can I humbly encourage you to not make it about yourself, but to recognize that, you know what, maybe I, I un unintentionally did this. I didn't mean to, but, you know, I just really feel conviction in my heart about this. And so I'm going to reach out to this person, whether or not it was offensive to them doesn't matter, but I feel convicted in my heart. And so I want to reach out to this person and I want to say, I'm sorry. I don't know if it came across this way or not, but I just, I just felt like I wanted to say, I'm sorry to you. If it came off that way, if I sounded that way, I didn't mean to, but I just recognized that that maybe was hurtful or it could be hurtful. And I just want to apologize to you. I also would say about the, about apology is it, it includes a changed behavior. 
right? When we, again, when we think about repentance and coming to the Lord and repenting, it's a repenting and then a turning from that behavior, right? We were, we want to change our behavior so that we don't continue in that same way of behaving or responding or in, in our speech or our conduct or however, however we're living our lives, right? And so is it a changed behavior immediately overnight? Sometimes, sometimes it's a process and, you know, we're, we're working on things and we're working through things and we're giving ourselves grace and, and people are extending grace to us because they can see that we're working on things. And so, yeah, it, it does include a changed behavior, but I think that it's also important to remember that sometimes a changed behavior is it's a process of working out things that have been so deeply ingrained in us because it's been a learned behavior because that's what's been modeled before us all of our lives. And again, I'm not making excuses here because even though even though it's been a learned behavior and that's what was been has been modeled before us, that doesn't give us an out. That doesn't give us an excuse because wow, then we would never change, right? We would never grow. We would never mature. And the fruit of the spirit would never be further developed on the inside of us. And I don't see that um, biblically supported. God is always refining and developing our character and maturing us into mature believers that are more firmly rooted and established in, in our faith and our roots are going deeper, right? Okay. So anyway, I hope that this was was encouraging for you and just know that that what God has asked you to do in forgiveness uh, again as I said at the top of our time here together this week that he understands that it's difficult. He understands that it goes against the very fiber of our human nature and it's like sandpaper against our flesh that we don't want to. We don't think it's fair. We don't feel like it's right. We don't think that we should have to. But when we surrender, when we lay down our rights, when we surrender what we think should happen and we say, okay, God, your will be done and not mine. I surrender to your will in this situation. Help me Give me your grace. Give me your strength to extend forgiveness to this person, even though they have not apologized and they may never apologize to me. But God, I believe that you want to set me free from whatever it is that they did to me. I believe that you want to set me free from what they said, how they mistreated me. And I believe that that's your heart for me, that you want to set me free from this. And and, and so help me in this process. And he will. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. Lean upon that, lean upon his strength and invite him into that process and he will show up and he will help you. All right. I love you. I hope that you have a great rest of your week and know that you are loved so deeply that God could not love you any more than he loves you right now at this very moment. Have a great rest of your week. Take care and I will catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week. 
thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.